Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Well, we got some pretty sobering news, which, um, you know, they always say follow the dollar, so I do. Because this news comes from the man in charge of following Ontario's dollars. He's the uh, financial accountability officer. And he's not political. He's independent. And he is warning that any kind of uh, downturn in Ontario's economy could add another $31 billion to Ontario's debt within five years. So we already know that iceberg has been spotted. The question is, like, how do we miss hitting, hitting it? Can we? Because the prediction in his report is that the economy will likely slow in the second half of 2020. This, of course, coincides with a lot of the other experts that we have talked to. And he was on with John Oakley earlier, uh, and he pointed out the two key issues that are causing the threat. There's some significant potential headwinds in the economy coming up, notably trade. And we've seen that with, you know, the U.S.-China stuff going on. International trade is uh, a little bit weaker. It's gonna, it could affect Ontario. And, uh, and household debt levels are still very elevated in Ontario. And that puts people in a bit of a precarious position should the economy start to come off a little bit. Mm-hmm. That is Peter Weltman. He is the financial accountability officer. He doesn't he doesn't bring his head out often. He's like the groundhog. He just puts it up once in a while. And this is the news he's delivering. Let's bring in Norm Levine because he's a money guy. He's the managing director of Portfolio Management Corporation. Hello there, sir. I'm good, thanks. Um, I don't like reading headlines like this. I mean, Peter Weltman is not a political guy, so he doesn't say these kinds of things to be uh, to score political points or to get his name in the news. But what he is saying are the warnings that you and all your colleagues, a lot of them have been warning that uh, we could be in real trouble. What do the numbers say to you? Well, first of all, he's an economist and all economists can do is guess. So he could be right or he could be wrong. But the facts are that there was a recession during the financial crisis, and that was 2008, 2009, and here we are 10 years later, and we've had decent economic growth most of the time through there and no recession. Now, 10 years is a long time to go without a recession, but recessions don't happen because of time. They happen because of events. And uh, there are signs of global slowing economic growth. You have trade tensions. So it's prudent to look out and do as, as he has done and say, what happens if there is a economic slowdown? What happens to the government's finances? And the, uh, what, what happens is not pretty, and it never is when there's a recession. But it's also exacerbated in Canada, in many countries, but in Canada and lots of the provinces, where despite the fact that we've had really good economic growth for 10 years, governments, both federal and provincial, have been spending like crazy. When I went to school and took economics, we were taught during good times you paid off debt, and in bad times you took on debt to help cushion. Well, where we are now in Ontario is uh, that we've taken on 
more debt than any subnational government in the world. And think about that. <clears throat> we have a fraction of California's population, and they're big, a big spending state, and we have more debt than they do. Mm-hmm. Right. And so the Peter's job, Peter Wellman's job, is to look at the budget that's tabled by the government in uh, of the day. And so he would have looked at the budget released by the Ford government, and he'll use that to analyze and kind of say, yeah, this is going to work, this is not going to work. So he's looked at the budget, and I think most people will say, and probably including yourself, that we should have been reining in the spending a whole lot more than what we saw in that budget because we saw more spending in education, more spending on health. But the bottom line is, um, you know, he's basing his information now on the budget that was tabled, and he's concerned. Right. He based it on that, and we're not even sure we're going to get those cuts. Because, look, every time somebody's axe is gored a little bit as far as cutbacks go, uh, people go ballistic. Mm. So they know you have to cut back, but cut back somebody else. Cut back something else. And if you're going to go into a recession, it's going to get cut back on you. So you're better off getting it done beforehand in moderation rather than have it forced on you later on. That that said, uh, there's no assurance that there will be a recession in the next three years. Well, no, but, you know, we've had two, and, I, you know, you know this world a lot better than me, but we've had two uh, quarters of flat GDP growth. We know that, you know, we're riding the coattails of, uh, of the United States. We're, we're thankful for the uh, money laundering that's apparently driving our economy. I mean, nothing, nothing great is driving our economy other than uh, some good luck by our neighbors uh, south of the border. And so what happens if, in fact, another $31 billion is added to the debt? Because it just seems to me, Norm, that no one really cares about the debt and the deficit. We just don't seem to mind anymore piling it on. Because it hasn't hurt people yet. But if it is that big during a recession, then it starts to hurt as borrow. And remember, the consumer is overextended and right. borrowed up up to their uh, their eyeballs as well. And that's when... Governments start to crowd you out and makes it more difficult. They're the ones they they get priority on on borrowing, and people would rather loan to a, a government that has a double A credit rating than than you. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you start getting crowded out, and it gets more and more difficult for people to borrow, and more and more expensive when that happens as well. There is a price to pay for this, and a disproportionate amount of your taxes in Ontario go to pay the interest on that debt. Mm -hmm. And we've been very, very lucky that since the financial crisis, interest rates have been close to zero. They're not zero, but they're pretty close. Well, we've been lucky, but I think it's lulled us into this false sense of security because, as we know, uh, you know, people have just been borrowing, as you say, right, left, and center. And now that the chickens are coming home to roost, if you haven't got your uh, coop in order, you're going to be in real trouble. I mean, we are expecting the Bank of Canada to tomorrow make an announcement. Do you have any idea or, or um, well, thought of where they'll go? Here's the rub. If interest rates go up, and I don't expect them to go up tomorrow, by the way, but if at some point interest rates go up, Governments and individuals are in trouble because both are stretched. Now, last summer, a year ago, everybody was convinced that interest rates were going up. And come September, interest rates started dropping like a rock and and dropped all the way through the end of the year and into this year. And it's only now that they've actually started to find a 
a near-term bottom. So uh, interest rates don't look like they're going up at the moment. They're more likely to go up in Canada than in the U.S. Mm-hmm. because of the resurgence in the oil industry, somewhat insurance, not resurgence, not a total one, obviously, but from the dismal place they were, they're now doing somewhat better. Canada's economy is actually doing better, and it's probably doing better right now than the U.S. economy is. So our likelihood to cut rates is small. Our likelihood to actually raise rates is there a little bit there, whereas it's not there at all in the U.S. right now. How come we, we hear about the economy being so great, and then I talk to people, and, and people don't feel so great? Is Canada's economy a paper dragon, in well, your mind? There's parts of it that are doing well and parts that aren't, and a lot of better educated people are doing better than lower educated people. People in service businesses are doing better than people in manufacturing businesses. It all depends where you are, both geographically and economically as well. Inflation for lower income people is higher than for higher income people. And you go, how can that be possible? It's because what do you spend your money on? They spend a disproportionate amount of their money on food and shelter and fuel than somebody who's higher income, and those things have been subject to higher prices. Mm -hmm. It all depends where you are. You know, it's interesting because in four months we will go to the polls and, you know, the the Liberals are going to campaign very eagerly on job creation and a strong economy, Uh, but the picture could look very different after the election. Well, one big problem we have in Canada is that Canada is not viewed as open for business. And there's been a net outflow of foreign investment from Canada. And even within Canada, there's not a lot of investment going on, reinvestment going on. Uh, Companies are hoarding cash. Public companies are buying back their stock, paying bigger bigger dividends rather than investing in the economy. And that is going to hurt, not today, but tomorrow that's going to hurt. All right. So if you were a betting man or um, or Kreskin, Kreskin of the finance world, <laughs> in the next six months, what do you see happening? And do you see the Bank of Canada making any moves before the election? The Bank of Canada is less likely to either raise or lower rates before an election than if there was no election, okay? Mm-hmm. But they're not their own master. They will be dictated a great degree by what happens in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And the reason is there's a very high expectation that in the next couple of months, the Federal Reserve in the U.S. will lower interest rates, possibly a quarter point or possibly as much as a half a point. And if Canada does not follow suit, then our dollar will go even higher than it is now. Now, you're probably saying 76 cents is not high, but it's a lot higher than where it was. And every time it goes higher, yes, you are wealthier, but you're also, as an economy, less competitive. And Stephen Polos, the governor of the Bank of Canada, is very concerned about the Canadian dollar and where it it should be. And if he thinks it's going to go too high, if he doesn't cut rates, he will cut them regardless even if he doesn't think they should otherwise. 
All right. Well, we will uh, keep watching, and uh, I'll pick your brain again because there's uh, lots of action happening around. Anytime, Alex. Thanks, Norm. Thank you. Appreciate it. That is uh, Norm Levine, Managing Director over uh, Portfolio Management Corp. So, you know, some sobering headlines. We've been hearing them for a long time, and it's like, well, okay, when when's a chicken coming into the roost and roosting? I don't know. I just know that I'm getting my little coop in order here on Point on Global News Radio.